You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I have Tom Shea on the show with me. Tom is a Navy SEAL veteran. Tom, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's hop on in and uh, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about where you you are from, where you grew up. Well, I'm uh, Tom Shea. I'm a retired Navy SEAL. I was in for 23 years and uh, I grew up in probably the greatest time in U.S. history in the 80s in a small town in southern Indiana where we could do anything we wanted to do as long as, uh, you know, there was no money, but we could do anything. And uh, it really made a, a huge impact on me as a as a human being to have all that kind of wide range of options and uh, and uh, yeah, retired seal. Mm-hmm. So let's get into your childhood a little bit um, because I think it's interesting. I was also an '80s kid, um, and it, things have changed a lot, haven't they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were little, did you want to join the military or what were your plans when you were small? Well, you know, again, growing up in a small town, literally it was small, about a mile long. Uh, it was a farming community, hunting and outdoor community and uh, and had a beautiful river through it. Uh, I did kind of grow up militarily. My dad was a West Point grad and now my daughter is a West Point grad and uh, I grew up with a lot of military background, and my next door neighbor had been a SEAL. And uh, so from the youngest age that I can recall, being a soldier and serving was, at least at that young age, thought I thought it was going to be a good idea. And looking back at it, I may have rethought it, but uh, I did. I wanted to, I was very athletic and outdoorsy, and I grew up with, you know, it may be not the right thing to say now, but it's okay. I grew up with guns and knives and, and hunted from the time I was probably seven. And, uh, it was, uh, like the sky was the limit and there were no barriers except my ability to do something or not do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I grew up similarly. Um, I don't remember any of my friends' homes not having a gun, including ours. <laughs> so, um, it was just a way of life back then and, and Absolutely. still for a lot of people. Um, so tell us, were you in high school, were you kind of still wanting to join the military? I mean, was it something that you just were going to do or did you have other plans and how did you join the military? Well, that can be a really long story to answer. Uh, I was a football and track, you know, I thought I was good at it. And I was recruited from probably sophomore year to play at Tennessee in football. And uh, I turned it down to go to West Point. And I only stayed at West Point for three years, which I think is a funnier conversation. Uh, I ended up failing out after my third year in English. And uh the only thing somebody that fails out of college can do from a, from a child's point of view is going to the SEAL teams. So I, I immediately signed up for the SEAL program within a year of flunking out of West Point. And uh, then later in retirement, wrote a book about my experiences. And uh, I proved that even, you know, people who fail can do well. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that book. Hmm. Well, the first book was, uh, so 
long career uh, uh, in one of my final abilities to to go on deployment. I, you know, with rank, you go on less deployments. So I was enlisted, and uh, when I was a chief of a platoon, I was uh, gracefully allowed to go over to Afghanistan with my guys. And before going, my wife Stacy had asked me to write down letter or lessons to the kids in case I died, and with no intent to be published. And uh, so that 2009 deployment became a series of lessons that I wanted my kids to learn. And uh, but then I returned, and so it sat on the shelf and a series of emails and and you know written in crayon and blood and dirt. And uh, before retiring, Stacy said, "Why don't you put that into a manuscript?" Which I thought the process of writing was more difficult than combat for me. I'm sure there's people that are more intelligent, but uh, it, it allowed me to express some things I wanted that wanted my kids to learn and. For some reason, it struck a chord uh, in retirement in 2014. She got it published without my kind of approval, which is what happens when you marry a strong woman. You think you're in charge, but you're really not. And uh, so the, the, the book, the first, I wrote a book called Spartan Woman, because one of the greatest lessons that you can pass on to your kids is that strong women make strong men. And uh, but the publisher changed it to a title called Unbreakable, a Navy SEAL's Way of Life. And we launched it on Memorial Day and uh, much to my dismay. <laughs> and uh, so it hit New York Times bestseller, not because we knew what we were doing, but I think all parents want to pass on to their kids something. And and there are a lot of great leadership and, and team lessons that that you can codify in the book. And uh then it propelled my business career into mentoring leaders and building teams and, and investing in companies. Yeah, it sounds like you really have the theme of leaving that legacy for your kids, for those who are here after you're gone, which is really incredible. Um, so when you were deployed, I'm assuming, how, how many times were you deployed? Oh boy. Six times mm -hmm. during a 23 year career. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, um, so what years were you in the military altogether? Uh, I left in 2014. I had come in in 89. Mm -hmm. So wow. Hot minute there. Yeah. It, was a, it felt like forever as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what were some of the high points in your military career? Would you say? Well, there, I think a lot of high points, uh, if you don't have a high point every year in your life, whether you're in the military or in business or even in school, it's hard to continue. So each year had tons of high points. Uh, one of the greatest things that I've ever experienced is finally making it through SEAL training. And uh, it took me, a, I was the only one that was allowed to, uh, five different times to try. So I was in five different hell weeks, which is, uh, I don't recommend that to anybody. Uh, I don't think it did damage. You'd have to ask Stacy if it did any permanent damage to me, but, uh, the constant failing and having to rebuild and then finally getting to, you know, Everest, so to speak, uh, was a great high point. And then to be in charge of a SEAL platoon, I think was the second hell point and, or a uh, great point. Uh, the, the third one that was also very interesting was being an instructor 
instill training and teaching guys to be a, to be better at things that are not easy to be better at. Mm-hmm. What a really great story of resilience too, because some people, once they fail once, and then especially twice, I mean, a lot of them just throw in the towel, but that just goes to show you, you just keep going, you keep persevering. And I would assume too, um, the Navy, the Navy would look for people who continue to try over and over. What, what, what would you tell those who are trying to get into, um, becoming a Navy SEAL? It's not that easy. And you just can't say, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL, right? Oh man. The, so from, I think 1939 until now, the attrition rate has not changed. The numbers of people changes because you, you put a lot of people in the class, you still get a certain number through or percentage through, but you know, everybody wants to at a distance do great things. Like not everybody wants to climb Everest, but the people that want to climb Everest think about it, but don't commit fully. So, and then in being an instructor, you see what, what it really takes. Uh, There's a way to, to tell people to how to do this. And, the, the, the best way to articulate if you want to do something that's very difficult is commit before you understand it, like go full in, burn bridges. There's no other alternative. It doesn't matter if your parents don't care for you anymore. It doesn't matter if your girlfriend, wife says, hey, it's not the right idea. Don't listen to anybody. And especially once you're committed, don't listen to yourself anymore. Like your body won't want to do it. Your mindset will fracture. You just got to keep one foot in front of the other until it's terrible to say it this way until you die or make it through, because that's the greatest advantage. I think the SEAL teams offer over anybody else is uh, the people who make it through when they get committed to something, it's going to happen. And the only way to do that is commit before you even understand the process to it. Because if you look at what it takes to get through, I'm, I'm gonna, I look at it and go, there's no way I, I would quit looking at it, how ominous it is uh, because everything breaks you. It fractures your brain, fractures your, your body doesn't feel good. You're sick. You're, everything goes bad. There's a big divorce rate in the teams because the SEALs are more committed to the team than they are the family. Uh, and uh, there's a thousand reasons to quit and only one reason to stay because you made the promise to be there. And so make that promise if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I notice uh, military community is really tight knit, but especially um, this, the Navy SEALs that I know, actually, before um, I decided I wanted you on my show, I started checking around about you to see, have you heard of Tom? Do I, do you know Tom? And everybody had really great words about you. So yeah, that was wonderful. And I've noticed that within the community as a whole, um, they just, you know, you all vouch for each other and you have each other's back no matter what. And yeah, I think that's no matter incredible. What. Even if you like somebody or not, mm-hmm. you're a teammate. So you support them until, you know, the end happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. true. That's the, it's the, imagine, imagine if you had that in relationships and business, hundred percent commitment, but you got to earn that every day. And uh, it's a great place to grow up as a man or a, as a human being to be around committed people is very transformative. Mm -hmm. And so um, what is one of the hardest times you would say that you've had in your life, either professionally or um, personally? Hmm. 
Uh, in 2009, what I ended up writing the book Unbreakable, uh, uh, leading men during combat is the greatest and most difficult experience you can ever have. Uh, meaning I didn't lead women, so I, I wouldn't have that comparative analysis. I would assume it's the same. Uh, during a six-month deployment from April to October, I had 22 guys with me, and we were attached to a task unit, which is probably a cumulative of around 58 people. And uh, one of the missions, we got overrun. So we, we thought we had the advantage it's late in the day, and when I say late in the day, meaning it's 120 degrees all day long, and you're tired, and you're running out of water, and you're, like your willpower gets fractured, and you're like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, what happened was uh, the enemy kind of had, they, they shrank the circle onto us, and they hit us with a, a very demonstrative barrage of bullets and RPGs. And we got overwhelmed and I was uh, blown up into a room and I'm laying on the ground. And I, I, <laughs> I admit it now that uh, I kind of gave up. I'm laying there thinking that I had been knocked out, thought that I'd been hit because everything hurt and I had given up and the, the rallying myself because I knew I had the responsibility of everybody else <coughs> Excuse me, and I had to fight my way back home. Uh, was a big experience. And that was very transformative to me because uh, you can actually teach people to rally because nothing's easy and nobody learns to rally. So my, I, I rallied and I just started doing simple things. I can pick up my gun and fight till I'm dead. So I started pro processing that next few steps. And by the grace of God, it all worked out. Meaning, uh, we fought for about 45 minutes and then we were out of ammo and I called in uh, a jet to support us and had him drop bombs on our location and ended up, we thought we were, cause we we're out of ammo. We don't want to be captured. So we're like, Hey, just, you might want to just drop on us because we're not going to be able to fight. And at that point we were outnumbered 36 to eight and there were only eight of us in this position. And that whole process of every all your five senses really snapping uh, and fighting for each other and making it through had was the most transformative experience that I'd ever had. And it's probably will never have something close to that again. And uh, hopefully that made sense in the book. Uh, it's very not difficult to talk to, but it's difficult to make sense of is when you're at your lowest, there's always something more. And that's what they teach in the SEAL training is no matter how difficult it is, there's two more steps that you can make, even though you may die on the third step, keep making steps and keep processing simple things. And uh, that became the cornerstone of what I think success is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, what are you doing now? Um, I know you're promoting your books. Um, it seems like you have kind of a lot going on. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I wrote a second book called Three Simple Things, uh, and it's I think it's two years old now. We launched it at the beginning of COVID, and then the world changed. So we were used to change, just uh, not at the, at the beginning of a launch. And uh, so when I retired, I didn't know what I was going to do. So Unbreakable kind of 
pushed us into the public space. And I'm very interested in the impact that leaders have on everybody. Uh, even though a leader that you've never met has impacted you and people don't understand that, uh, the ability to lead yourself, lead businesses, lead your family is a teachable skill set and has profound impact on hundreds and thousands of people. So all I do now, not all, but one of the big pillars of what I do now is I uh, consult and help leaders to be better uh, human beings and better leaders and uh, have a business now that we have four other instructors that help teach a curriculum that I designed. And uh, we teach probably one seminar every two months. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, on Instagram, I'm Unbreakable Leadership. Uh, on, I think, Facebook, it's Unbreakable Leadership as well. And our website is uh, unbreakableleadership.com. And uh, I would say that we're really responsive. All the instructors are really interested in, in developing and mentoring other people. So uh, we answer rather quickly. Mm-hmm. So people can hire you to speak. They can take your training. And where can they buy your books? Uh, well, the book is on, uh, I, I think the best platform to buy it is Amazon because everybody knows of Amazon. Uh, so Unbreakable, A Navy SEAL's Way of Life is probably nine years old now. Can't even believe that. And then Three Simple Things Leading During Chaos is also on Amazon. And uh, I have seen the impact that it has on people. It's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tom, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Uh, imagine if you, uh, like what we were talking about, imagine if your life was built on not quitting, like being committed and not quitting. What would be possible for you if you learn not to quit on anything? Like if you made a commitment that you actually did that until it happened, that's a transformative conversation that everybody can learn and everybody can apply in most areas of life. And uh, that answering that question is what, what we do. I'm going to post that in my group too. I'm going to ask um, everybody, what's that one thing that if you didn't give up, what would you do? Right. Wonderful. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Tom, thank you so much. You're such an inspiration. And I love that you're still helping people. I find it amazing that most of our military, you know, they go they're either ETS or they retire and then they jump into doing something else to continue to help others. And I think that's really an amazing outlook. Um, Tom, again, what is your website? One more time. Unbreakableleadership.com. All right. And those of you watching, you're going to see it on your screen. Those listening, you're going to find all the links to Tom's social media and website in the notes. Um, Tom, thank you very much for being on the show. I do appreciate you. And I encourage everybody to head over to Amazon, pick up Tom's books. I think that it's really important to continue to educate yourself on different important matters. And I really believe that Tom's book is going to help you out. So thank you, Tom, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. 
You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Patty Catter. Until next time.